Joining me from San Francisco uh, is Gilbert Baker. You may not know his name, but you certainly have seen his work. His creation is visible all year and can be found in towns big and small and all around the globe. On this weekend, every June, it becomes more visible as a symbol of pride for millions of people around the world to mark the birth of a movement. Gilbert Baker greeted the rainbow flag, and it is the standard bearer of Gay Pride Weekend. Um, Mr. Baker, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Steve. First, I wonder if we could go back to 1978 and tell us what was going on in the minds of the people who created this flag. Well, 1978 was a a year of incredible uh, empowerment for the gay community. It was a time in San Francisco where uh, it was a cultural explosion and a political uh, moment where people were being elected to office, Harvey Milk here in San Francisco. And it was a time when people were really coming out of the closet and really choosing to live freely and openly. So it was a, a wonderful moment. And the rainbow flag is is part of that because it um, expressed that idea of a a free and open, liberated sexuality as a human right. You know, I've seen people describe you as the gay Bet- Betsy Ross. Um, <laughs> and, yes. and the more I read about you, the more that that may sound true, because you put a lot of thought into the creation of this flag. I did, <clears throat> I, I, and still do, actually. It's 34 years now. I'm still making them, still loving making them. It's a phenomena that's you know gone around the world. But, <clears throat> you know, for all my work, I say that a, a true flag is not something you can really design. A true flag is torn from the soul of the people. A flag is something that everyone owns, and that's why they work. Um, the rainbow flag is is like other flags in that sense, that, that it, it belongs to the people. Well, explain, uh, if you will, how we're all part of that flag. I mean, do, do we represent, are we <laughs> represented by the colors, or are we represented by the fabric, or both? Well, uh, flags are about an idea that you project onto it. So what I think about the rainbow flag may be different than someone else. But what the rainbow is, is all of the colors. And, of course, the rainbow is a, is a, a beautiful part of nature. It's magical. It's, it's sunlight and water, a prism. You have to be in the right place to see it. It's beautiful, all of the colors, and even the colors you can't see. So that really fit us as a people because we are all of the colors. Our sexuality is all of the colors. We're all the genders and races and ages. So the rainbow really fit us you've taken as a, a global tribe. You, you took it a step further, though, and you've <clears throat> sort of put meaning on each one of these colors. I wonder if you could tell oh, us Oh, sure. <laughs> well, that's kind of a 70s hodgepodge of, uh, of color theory and, and you know, our... our our hippiness, um, you know, um, flag should have a little uh, meaning and depth, as the American flag does. Um, in the rainbow flag, originally with eight colors, eight being a, a magical number and a lucky number in China, eight also being the number of chromosome pairings in every single human cell, X, Y, X, X. So it also allowed me to divide the spectrum into an even number of hot and cold colors. So when I chose them, I chose uh, pink or a fuchsia to represent sex and red to represent life, orange for healing, yellow for the sun, green for nature, turquoise for magic, blue for serenity, and purple for the spirit. And that's just something we basically just pulled out of our... 
uh, to, to give it, you know, some depth to make people think about what each color could mean. And so it's a, uh, uh, it's changed <clears throat> over the years. One of the first things I found out when the flag went up, it was an instant hit. I mean, immediately people owned it immediately. And within a very short time, I realized I wasn't going to be able to personally make enough flags to satisfy the demand. So I uh, went into the flag industry for many years to develop the manufacturing and production of it and found out very quickly that there wasn't going to be enough pink to to make rainbow flags. It's not really a color in any flag. So I had to adapt it to the six-color version that we see mostly today everywhere, and as I call it, the commercial version. <clears throat> Slowly, that's because in 1978, four-color printing was very complicated. Now, of course, we have digital printing and digital dyeing, so infinite colors. But back in the day, that was very complicated and expensive. So in order for me to to create a flag that was more than just one thing and something that people could use and to share around the world and, and to get manufacturers interested in, in, in producing it, I had to streamline it. So as you were sitting there designing this in 1978, did you did you have any thought that it would it would span over so many decades and be a surviving symbol uh, and be such a strong symbol that it has been? I hoped so. I mean, I, I, I'm certainly I'm an artist and, and very ambitious, and I certainly hope that. I wasn't really sure, actually. <clears throat> you know, actually, in a way, we're kind of the anti-flag people. We're not really nationalistic. We're, we're, as I said, a global tribe. So I wasn't really sure. But a flag is a way of proclaiming power. It's a, a visibility tool unlike any other. And it also kind of answered the pink triangle. Really, up until the rainbow flag, the pink triangle was the symbol uh, most often associated with the gay movement. However, that was put on us by the Nazis during the Holocaust. So it was always this terrible stigma and, and had a really negative and evil origin. We needed something from us. We needed something that expressed our joy and, and, and who we are. But this is more than a flag, though, isn't it? I mean, it's it's so many different things to so many different people. And it's sort of a, a communication device for some. It's activism for others. And uh, that's pretty amazing. I mean, do, do you ever stop to think about uh, the thought processes, uh, thought, thought processes that go on in people's mind when they see your creation? Sure, I do. I mean, it's kind of, I'm in a lucky place being the creator. I get to go to places where no one has any idea who I am and, and doesn't. I'm not a celebrity, if you get my drift. So I can enjoy watching uh, people have their own reaction, make up their own ideas, hear their own stories, and it, it, it all adds to the, the the incredible phenomena of the rainbow flag. So, sure, of course I think about it. I, I learn a lot about it. You know, at the beginning of the interview, I, I prefaced uh, our introduction by saying, you know, people may not know your name. I certainly didn't mean... Uh, any offense by that, but it, it is surprising that more people don't know who you are. Do you hold that against the people who are using your flag? No. No. Why? No, hardly. No, it's not about me. I mean, you know, I'm 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 going to be a grand marshal, as I said, the grandest. You know, I'm a big diva, I'm a big queen. You know, I get a lot of recognition. I get a lot of props, but it isn't about that. This is not. This is not a celebrity-driven artwork. It's something that people own. It's something that people really cherish and, and something that means something to them. So that's beautiful. 
So it doesn't really depend on a personality. It depends on, you know, a movement. Perhaps the better question is, do you think uh, people should know more about the history of the flag and what went into it? Sure, of course. You know, I, um, I've worked with uh, filmmakers to, uh, to uh, document it, a, a couple of great documentaries, one uh, um, Rainbow Pride by my friend Mary-Jo Ferran up in Montreal. is a wonderful PBS documentary about it. And, and then, of course, I've contributed interviews and, and you know, whatever I can do to, to tell the story from my point of view. And, uh, and that history, um, you know, is something that I do hope people will enjoy and, and learn from. You were born in Kansas. You're a Midwestern boy. <laughs> I sure am. And uh, served in the <laughs> Army uh, as did. well. Um, I did. You must have some opinions about what's going on this weekend, the first oh, game Oh, without pride. question. Oh, I'm we, full of opinions. Yeah, we're, Fire away. <laughs> where, the, where, where military members are actually being encouraged to be open and out and celebrate gay pride. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Isn't that incredible? I was drafted on my 19th birthday. This is back during uh, 1970, the Vietnam War, and uh, served. I was very gay. In those days, you could be gay. We were all just cannon fodder. You know, people would try and, you know, avoid service, you know, to be claiming to be homosexuals or whatever. And, and, and often they would take you anyway. It only became later that that really became a terrible situation where people's lives were ruined. But in, in my time, it was uh, the Vietnam War, and you know, they, as long as you're breathing, they'd take you. I, I laugh about it now, thinking <clears throat> I was so lucky I got stationed in San Francisco at a certain point. That's how I got here and, and discovered it. And uh, San Francisco in 1970 was wild. It was incredible. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I laugh thinking if they only knew how many gay people they made very political in that moment. <clears throat> There was there was an interesting uh, photo today posted by one of the wire services. I'm not sure which one, but it uh, showed a sailor uh, or soldier somewhere at some base raising a uh, rainbow flag. That is unbelievable. Yeah, I am I am moved to hear that. Did you ever think that this sort of thing would happen in your lifetime? That that you would see us move so far to. Um, as, as the president says, evolved so far to, to, to be like this? Um, I, I'm not really sure I could say yes, but yes, I certainly hoped. I mean, I fought. I, I, I devoted my life to, um, you know, making something that could be used by the movement. I used my craft as my activism and my art as my, my way of uh, putting, bringing my voice forward, and I, as others do, and we all are little, you know, drops of water in a wave that's changing the world for the better, you know, from hate to love. So, yes, certainly I hope that would happen in my lifetime. And to a degree it has. So, yeah, I feel pretty good. We have a long ways to go. Let's remember that in 80 countries it's still illegal to be gay. In, you know, 10 countries or so it's a death penalty. And even in the United States... <clears throat> As, as wonderful as it is, as free as we are, there are places where it's really hard to be gay. And, you know, you suffer a lot of discrimination and even violence. And um, so we have a long way to go. We have a lot of education. We have a lot of outreach. And a, so we, we have a, we're, we're on a, a long journey, a rainbow that, you know, started before me in the generations before World War II. There were a lot of gay activism and gay intellectuals. And and it will be in the generation that comes after me, you know, and the kids and how they do it. So it's a long struggle. Our 
oppressors, our enemies, if you will, <clears throat> the people that are trying to stop us, are formidable. And, um, you know, um, with their, you know, religions and their laws and their, you know, hatred, they will never stop. So it's a, it's a, it takes more than courage. It takes a fight. And, and I'm very proud to be part of that and, and to see how that's grown and, and, and how we have uh, prevailed. You mentioned earlier, you talked a little bit about a, a drop of uh, a, wa- a drop of water uh, in a global sense. Here's, here's your drop of water. I Googled this today. Um, uh, Google lists 9 million references to the rainbow flag as of yes. this morning, and yep. it cataloged 30 million different image results. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Well, you know, that's, a, that's an important part of a flag, and I knew that when I made it, that a flag would be a visual tool, and that uh, the flag itself would, of course, be beautiful, and, and I love looking at them in the wind, but people will photograph it. And, you know, I have to say uh, that a lot of the rainbow flag, the origin, comes from the American flag. Uh, in 1976 was the bicentennial of the United States. And I saw the American flag on everything. It really put the thought in my head about how flags can be used, not just fabric on a pole, but, you know, they translate into all kinds of advertising and messaging and products. And it's just uh, amazing what flags can become or the the image of flags can become. And, And a big part of that is, of course, photography. So over the years, I've really been very conscious to evolve that and and. Develop it as far as I could, but your wealth has not come from merchandising. I mean, lots of people are merchandising your creation, and you really don't get anything from it. Flags are in the public domain. Flags are in the public domain. Darn, <laughs> but they are. Uh, um, but that's not really the point of it. I mean, I have a very rich life. I make beautiful artwork. I have a, an incredible amount of love in my life and and and, and respect for what I've done and. Um, but it's not really about money. Um, that's a part of it, but our movement is about liberation. Our movement is about equality. So uh, it, it's it's more than that. And and back to that, our people own the flag. It's who who owns it. We own it. Not I own it, but we own it. And that's what makes it powerful. Like, if it had been me owning it, it would have just been another logo. It would have just been another little, you know, graphic gizmo or a promotional thing. And it would not have been a true flag. So, you know, while I may have, you know, given up some wealth or some something, I don't really regret it at all. But you, uh, you have been enriched by the flag, though, in many sure. ways. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, I live a freer life. You know, I've been able to uh, meet people and hear their stories and see the way that they love my work, and it changed me. I mean, I I grew up in Kansas. It was horrible in the 60s and the 50s. It was I couldn't wait to get out of there. That's the same story going on in a lot of places for a lot of kids. We share that. You know, <clears throat> the thing that we share as a LGBT people is that there's a moment in our lives when we are true to ourselves. We come out, even if we just come out to ourselves and, you know, okay, I'm gay and it's okay. And that's the thing that I share with, you know, a 14-year-old or, you know, or somebody who's coming out later in life, you know, a 70-year-old, whatever. We all share that moment when we choose to be true to ourselves and live in the light. And that's, that's really the basis of our movement.
the flag uh, appears on just about everything you can imagine it would appeal, uh, appear <laughs> Unbelievable. on. Unbelievable. Dog collars, coasters. Oh, I know, and underwear. I'm always kicking myself going, gosh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> but do you ever see some of that and think uh, th- that's inappropriate for a flag, for a symbol? What I find inappropriate is the way that people will exploit it. They will be chasing, you know, gay dollars, pink dollars, as I say, and they'll slap the rainbow on some tacky advertising and, you know, try and – but they don't have the values. They don't support their employees. They don't believe in equality. So that I find offensive exploitation. And it bothers me about even state exploitation. I have a a particular worry – that um, now, 34 years later, the rainbow flag is is all around the world. I would say a lot of them are made in China, and a lot of the rainbow stuff is made in China. And China's not really got that great a uh, sheet on human rights, let alone gay rights. And I worry that there are, you know, LGBT people, you know, in prison factories somewhere in China making, you know, rainbow tchotchkes that people just take for granted in these pride celebrations. So, yeah, there's there's some stuff there. Do you have uh, any uh, of that merchandise? Do you have a keychain with a flag on it? Is a flag prominent <laughs> in your home? Or yes, you- go to my website, gilbertbaker.com. And I, uh, <clears throat> a number of years ago, I, I took the trouble to reinvent every single American state and territory flag as a rainbow flag as a project to get people to register to vote. So you could click on, uh, you know, the California state flag or the Illinois state flag, and you could download it, and you could also conveniently register to vote, 80,000 people. And I have, you know, little things, all in the original eight colors, mind you, that people can order off the website. But primarily, I make uh, paintings. I make um, flags, fine art. And that's, that's really what I love to do. And when you travel around, you don't really talk about the flag either. You you try to talk a lot about human rights and uh, the way we uh, live with each other. Is that a message that you'd like to get across to people on this Gay Pride weekend as well? Sure. I mean, we have a long way to go. We we are celebrating, but there's uh, so we're celebrating a struggle, and and so that comes with a lot of sweat and a lot of tears. So, um, you know, we'll be remembering a lot of people that have that have gone on and we'll be, you know, looking at a whole generation of of hope right in front of us. And, you know, but our work is is still ahead of us. Do you think the uh, rainbow flag will survive another 30 years or does it need to evolve in some way? I think the rainbow flag will survive forever, Um, primarily because it's a perfect flag. Uh, regardless of whatever political meaning it may have or evolve to. Um, a rainbow is something in the sky, so a rainbow flag fits. It fits fits on a, it fits up there. It's perfect. So it's uh, beautiful. So just on its the, the simplicity of it. Um, yeah, I think I think it'll last a long time. I mean, truthfully, I get all the credit for the rainbow flag, but it goes back to practically the dawn of man, um, the rainbow as a symbol. Um, it's in the Bible, Genesis, right off the bat. God, you know, I set my bow in the clouds as a sign of a covenant between me and all living creatures. So the rainbow is ancient. And, you know, my work with it as a flag and, and developing it as a vexillographer, flag maker, vexillography, um, has, uh, you know, just changed the, an, another channel, if you will, so that we could enjoy it another way. Well, you know, we as a, an American people remember um, Betsy Ross fondly 
Uh, <laughs> how do you think we're going to remember you uh, at through the years as history? Well, let me tell you a little about Betsy Ross. <clears throat> Betsy Ross was a upholsterer in Philadelphia, and she was young. She was a Quaker. She had three husbands during the Revolutionary War. Um, and a, a businesswoman, very unusual at that time to be a woman in business. Um, she did not design the American flag. That is Frances Hopkinson. She was, we believe, commissioned to sew it by Washington and Hopkins at her upholstery shop. She died unknown. It was only 50 years after her death that her grandson gave a speech in 1876 to the daughters of the American Revolution about my grandmother making this flag. And all of a sudden, the daughters of the American Revolution, this is 1876, the very beginning of the suffragette movement, realized that Betsy Ross could be a hero to equal George Washington, the father of our country, the mother of our flag. And within short order, the myth of Betsy Ross uh, exploded. And um, I love looking at sheet music, a lot of uh, artwork depicting her, uh, especially around that time, the, the centennial of America. So it's, it's interesting to think that here's a woman who, who did something that we take so for granted and love so much. And, and uh, you know, really, the American flag is very special and, and yet died completely unknown. Uh, someone told me to ask you about an encounter you had with uh, Jesse Jackson uh, as, a, as a Chicago connection to our interview. Oh, yeah, Jesse Jackson. I love him. Yeah. Did you guys have a uh, rainbow? Push, rainbow yeah. coalition. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, this was 84. Um, he was running for president. I was designing the flags for the Democratic National Convention. I uh, do other flags, too, besides the rainbow flag. But um, And I had occasion to meet him in San Francisco at a gay thing, and he, had, he really was incredible to reach out to the gay community at that time as a presidential candidate. And so I presented him a rainbow flag. I was so excited. Oh, you know, from, you know, from our people to your people, you know, we are together. And um, he kind of looked at it <laughs> quite askance and, and didn't really get it, I think. But his mother was there and she did get it. Um, later at the uh, convention, the 1984 convention, I saw that the Rainbow Coalition had created their own flag with uh, 13 stripes with the red stripes replaced with different colors and a, and a jack of stars, so rather like the American flag. And, and I was so moved. I was so flattered by that, the Rainbow Coalition. And then another evolution was just recently in uh, 2003, I was making one of my giant world record flags uh, to go from the Gulf of Mexico to the Atlantic Ocean down in Key West a mile long. And people were calling me up saying they're stealing the rainbow flag in Europe. I'm, what are you talking about? Well, it was the peace movement using the rainbow flag, putting peace and, and pace all over the rainbow flag during the, um, the first Iraq war, using that as a as a as a anti-war message. And I got called constantly. Oh, they're stealing. I'm like, you can't steal a rainbow. And oh, actually, we are the peace and love people. So it was really great. Uh, I, I thought it was wonderful. Do you have any plans to top any of your uh, world records? I always got to top myself. <laughs> well, what's next? Um, well, I'm working on a book, um, which is uh, a, a lot of work, and um, and I don't know. I you know, as somebody said, I did sea to sea in Key West, and the next sea to do would be the Sea of Tranquility on the Moon. So we'll see what happens. All right.
Well, thank you for uh, spending some time with us. Thank you, Steve. uh, Happy Pride weekend. Thank you, Steve. Happy Pride.